0: Thanks, my friend. That's a lot of bosses in there. You ever take toys to church? They used to sit right next to my little Tupperware container that had my goldfish in it. Remember those? You sit on the ground and like to bring things for show and tell. Hey, it's fun to be here. Uh, I don't get to speak in chapel very often. It's always very nervous. I like speaking. This particular time slot, though, is probably the most anxiety-producing time slot to speak in, though, I've decided. Um, But it is always a privilege to do that. I did get to spend some time. Who are the current student leaders? Can I hear you in the house? All right. So these guys know me pretty well. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Todd Jeffrey Munga McIlwraith. Defender of the disempowered. Leader of those whom the Lord has entrusted to me, the difference makers. Servant to the one who first laid down his life despite my inadequacies, inconsistencies, and mistakes. Father to the two glistening gemstones in my right and in my left hand. Husband to the crown jewel of creation, the forever alluring and captivating beauty of my heart. And in life and death, I will seek to honor these things through the legacy I leave. So, now that everyone is equal on who I am, right, those are all of the parts of what I do, I wanna take you guys in a little bit of a different journey, but because we we talked about this at our kickoff for leadership training days, and if you become a part of the leadership training uh, and then the leadership community here, you'll be a part of great training opportunities. Uh, I wanted to, I had a lot of different things I thought I could speak about today, and I don't have a lot of time, but I wanted to try and maybe create a little bit of chapter 2 to the chapter 1 when we talked about knowing who we are and, and who God's called us to be. Um, and that was a part of introducing myself to the leadership team this year. And so I want to speak today, and I'm going to cover, I'm going to give you two stories. I love stories. I'm going to give you two challenges and one purpose. So that's going to be kind of our outline, okay? Let's pray, and then I'm going to jump into our reading, which is going to come from First Chronicles 11. But let's pray. Lord God, I just welcome you into this place right now. We invite you to speak through me to those that are in uh, this listening vicinity. Father, I ask that you would take the words, the simple words that you've put on my heart today, and to challenge those that are in this room and beyond Lord, that we may become better servants of you, that we may represent you in the best possible way, that we may serve you unconditionally, that we may bow our knee to you on every day. And Lord God, that you may use us for your purpose and for your calling to further your kingdom here at North Central, but also beyond these walls and around the world. We give you thanks for this opportunity. Teach us now, we pray in your name. Amen. First Chronicles 15, well, 11, verse 15. Three of the 30 chief men went down to David, to the rock at the cave of Adullam, where the Philistine army was encamped in the valley of Rufiam. At that time, David was in the stronghold and the Philistine garrison was at Bethlehem. If you don't know what a garrison is, it's like a flag, right? They got the flag flying over Bethlehem, the Philistines have taken it. David was extremely thirsty. It's good to know David was thirsty at times, right? And he said, if only someone would bring me water to drink from the well at the city gate of Bethlehem. So the three broke through the Philistine camp and drew water from the well at the gate of Bethlehem. They brought it back to David, but he refused to drink it. Instead, he poured it out to the Lord. And David said, I would never Do such a thing in the presence of God. How can I drink the blood of these men who risk their lives? For they bought it at the risks of their lives. So we would not drink it. Such were the exploits of the three warriors. I bought my little toys. I like the three warriors. You can go read the rest of that. There's some other cool guys in there too. So some of you guys may have walked past my office on the second floor of Miller Hall. And you may have seen this picture So I'm going to have throw up there. I don't know if you've ever seen my crazy toy collection. A lot of people just think I'm a crazy toy collector. Uh, What people don't know is I actually uh, use that for my work in counseling. Uh, It's actually part of a process called sand tray therapy. Uh, It's a way that we can externalize things that we can't always put into words. It also makes me the coolest dad in the world when my kids come to visit my office, right? So uh, in there, though, uh, we use this in a, san- in a, in a sandbox, And uh, every year at the beginning of, of uh, our preparations, I do an activity with my staff. And it's a, it's a sand tray. We call them sand trays. And what I do is I stand up and I select some, some of these characters and you put it in the box. And I basically share to my team, this is how I feel going into this year. Then what I do is I ask my staff, to go and select something or someone from this collection and they have to put it in the tray in respect to the story that I have created. And so they have to put their thing. And then we go around in a nice good kumbaya moment and we have to share, you know, why we picked who we picked and, and what it means and all of these things. And I want to share with you a story that changed my life on so many different levels. I have entitled this kind of talk, Thanes and Shield Maidens." One time, I put this this guy here. I chose this guy. He's you, you can see him up. We put that put that other one back up there. Leave that one up there. So I got this this Roman centurion guy, and I put him in the tray. And I had all these other things, and I said, "This is who I feel like I am this year. I'm this this warrior, and there's all of this stuff coming in. And we were having a really difficult year when we were we we're this this this." angst of, of all you guys returning and when you do counseling and academic support and all these things, you know, there's a lot of pressure in what's coming through this, this process, right? And I'd usually quote things from Gladiator because everyone knows who's in student leadership. That's my favorite one, you know, and of course I got a cool accent to go with it, you know, whatever comes out of that gate, we've got a better chance of survival if we work together, you know, good statements <laughs> like that, right? And uh, so I had my little guy in there. Now, one of my team went and chose this guy, and uh, you can't really see him up there, but, but he's, this is Hercules. And he actually stuck Hercules like right on top of me, like, man, you're crowding my space. And he said, I know that seems a bit weird, but I want to explain to you what it is. And he explained it this way. He says, I feel that my role is that I'm one of your thanes. And I had no idea what a thane was. I said, well, what's a thane? And he goes, a thane was a basically a mighty man, right? Now, girls can be thanes too, so stay with me, okay? And he goes, here's the deal. There was a chieftain, right? There was a, a king, and it was from the Germanic tribes, so there's these, you know, big guys. And he goes, and they would have these guys called thanes. They were the men that were around the chief. Now, the chief was selected because he was the mightiest warrior out there. And the deal was, you had to get these thanes, and the thanes' job was to make sure that the, wa- the, the king didn't die in battle, right now there was all kinds of rules with the thanes though the thanes had to fight so that the chieftain wouldn't die so they had to fight as hard as the chieftain right but there was disgrace if you outfought the chieftain right it's kind of a tough balance there right but if you go out there and kick everyone's butt and you say I did it and you didn't have to do it king that is shaming because he's the best right so he's like the boss and then and he goes, now the other deal is if the chief dies, that's also a disgrace. You have not done your job in keeping them alive, right? And and so these these guys would go out and they were called the thanes. And, and this colleague of mine said, I feel that I am called to be one of your thanes because you've been here longer than I have. You know things that I don't know. You've conquered things that I have no idea what to do and my job is to make sure you can fight as hard blindly if you will and you do not have to worry about the things on the left and the right because I will take care of them so that you can do what you've been called to do find someone who's on your team that'll tell you that and it'll change your life and I'm like I gotta learn about these things and I'm like that's kind of like David's mighty men Right? I had to make sure it's like what I wouldn't give for a coffee from the Student Success Center, right? <laughs> I would come out of meetings, I kid you not, I would come out of meetings and he would be standing there ready for our academic meeting holding a cup of coffee. I didn't sell him this and he goes, because he knew that I had a coffee at 11 and he goes, because they always drink it all before you get here on their way to chapel, so I got you a cup, right? And I'd grab my cup, he was my thane. Now, there are also these other people from the same kind of era, and they were called shield maidens. Any ladies in the house? Any shield maidens in the house? All right, there you go. So now the shield maidens, they're kind of like from the Viking era, right? And I got onto things, and then I saw shield maidens, and I'm like, those are cool. Right? And the shield maiden was this, this girl that would fight alongside, this woman warrior that would fight alongside her husbands and the men of their tribe and they would go into battle together. And, and the Vikings would create these shield walls and they would push forward and that's how they would kind of conquer, there was a new fighting technique. But when one of the men or one of the soldiers got speared, right, killed, there would be a hole in the shield wall and the shield maiden job was to grab that shield and plug that hole. It was not, you're a woman, you shouldn't be here. It was, you have a very, very important role in the battle, in the adventure, in the process. They were shield maidens. They fought alongside. They were true azer connectos, true help meets in this process. They had a place in the story, and they had a very important place when the shield wall was coming down and penetrated to make sure that shield wall stayed up thanes, and shield maidens. You're being called to North Central for a variety of different reasons. And some of that is to learn how to do what God's called you to do in the classroom and to become equipped uh, with the skills to be able to, to fulfill a task, to, to have a job, to, to be in the workplace, in the church, in ministry, on the mission field. And so we we choose this, and we spend a lot of time, as you know, working with students about calling, and what am I called to do, and and is this right, and is that what I should be doing, and what if I don't like it, and what about these things? But I feel like sometimes we choose our journey on this idea that we have to become the best at what we do. So for me, um, a lot of people don't know this, I was called, if we shall use that word, to be a pastor, which I decided several years ago that I wouldn't even go to my own church. So that's why... I'm not a pastor anymore, but or anymore, never was, but, you know, that kind of idea. But that's what I thought I was supposed to be doing. Um, but there's this idea that I was going to be the best pastor, right? And then I decided I was going to do counseling, so then I was going to be the best counselor, better than anybody else. And then God kind of says, why are you on this journey of being the best? <laughs> what if that's not what you're actually called to do? Oh, it has to be what I'm called to do. I'm pretty sure it's what I'm called to do. Right? Because I think some of us are called to be thanes and are called to be shield maidens first before we reach maybe that chieftain status. Right? David once said to his men, How dare it be that I raise my hand against the Lord's anointed, the chieftain, right? Until his time has come for, for, for David to step into that role. But my question is, what if there are things that we need to be learning for the call that God has on our life that has nothing to do with the classroom, that has nothing to do specifically with the major that we're in? Not that that's bad. We should stay in that major. But what if these leadership opportunities, as we're here to talk about least is going to give you something that you are unaware that you're going to need down the line? So I have two challenges, challenges that are currently in my life at the moment, challenges that I'm living by, and I'm like, I'm going to share these with you, just in case you think that I have somehow arrived, or that I've made it, I haven't, right? Uh, we're always learning, we're always growing. I'm a regular Joe, just like you, or regular Todd, or whatever you want to call the name, right? But there are two things that have God's really been challenging me one longer than another. But this is the one I want to share. So if you get a pen and you want to write, and I'm going to put it up there, you should write this down. I think you should write this down and stick it on your mirror, stick it on your fridge, stick it on your plant, stick it somewhere. Because I'm wrestling with this, and I want you to wrestle with it. Because I know it's God when it's something better than I can think of on my own. Okay? So, and here it is. Are you willing to work outside of your gifting to be inside of God's calling. Let me say that again. Are you willing to work outside of your giftings to be inside of his callings? right, his calling, what he wants you to do. Because here's where I feel like I stumble sometimes. I'm very gifted in a lot of different areas, right? There are a lot of things that I can do and there's a lot of things that I can do well which makes it really hard when people ask you if you can do something, because most of them say, sure, I can do that. Right? Well, if you, some of those, the student leaders know this. I have things, uh, people don't know this if you weren't in student leadership, but, but I was donkey in Shrek the musical. Yeah, that's crazy, right? <laughs> I mean, think of that, right? Like, you know, like crazy, like Australian guy trying to be like a black African-American guy dressed up in a big shaggy thing, it's crazy, right? <laughs> Old <Whole> Shrek, <track. laughs> right? So, so like in the summertime, you go out to where I live, where I'm running around on the stage. And like, you're great. You should do theater. I don't like theater, though. But you're so gifted at it. Oh, well. This is something to do in the summer with my kids. It's fun. Right? But we can sometimes get mistakes. For, for many years, I led worship. And I got a lot of people who say, you're so gifted. You should be a worship leader. I said, I am a worship leader. That's why you're saying good job. I'm like, what does that mean? Like, you should do this full time. I'm like, why? Because you're so good. I'm like, but I don't know. There are other things I want to do. But I have a lot of giftings. But sometimes I have to ask God, is my giftings synonymous with calling? And I don't know if it always is. I don't have the answer to that. That's why I'm asking you to be challenged with it too. Because there's a lot of people I do work with that says, I really like this, I'm really good at this, therefore it must mean this is what I'm supposed to do. It could, it's quite helpful, right? If if you're a good public speaker, it may mean you should do public speaking. It helps, right? It doesn't always mean that's what you should do. So there's a challenge out there when you go out these doors to ask yourself Well, I don't need to do any of these things because that's not what I'm called to do. I'm not gifted in those areas. I'm not gifted in that specific role. And my question is, maybe not, but don't discredit what God might be asking you to do because here's the deal. There are thanes and shield maidens who are getting ready to graduate. There are holes in the wall and we need you to grab that shield and plug it because there's a process and there is a movement here at North Central. We're, we're in our theme this year of building a city of hope. And we need you, shield maidens, and we need you, thanes, not to necessarily be the chieftain, not to necessarily be the one running the show, but to be the ones that can fight and that can stand and that can push forward so that the chieftains can continue the work of moving forward. Number two, this is the second thing, learn responsibility. He's like, what? Let me unpack this for you. I'm going to give you a definition. This is my definition of responsibility. It came from a time when I was in my private practice a couple of years ago. I was with a 16-year-old teenage guy, and he was fine, but we were having issues with mom and dad, right? Fancy that. And uh, he said, well, my parents keep telling me I'm responsible, and they keep telling me this, and they're telling me that, but if I'm so responsible, why don't they ever let me do X, Y, and Z? If I'm so responsible, why won't they do this? I don't really think they think I'm responsible. They tell me I'm responsible, but then the next minute they say, you're not responsible enough. You ever had that conversation? Maybe you're still having that conversation. So I had a thing. It's like, well, if you want to accept responsibility, tell me what it is. What does responsibility mean? And everyone says, I oh, doing the right thing. All right? That's kind of what everyone thinks responsibility is. So I set an assignment. I said, let's go figure out a definition and come up with something because it's hard to do something if you don't know actually what it is. And so this definition was born, and this is how I define responsibility. My ability to respond in an honorable way to the demands of my environment. Responsibility is my ability to respond in an honorable way to the demands of my environment responsibility is not a thing that you just get one day and then you've got it right you are here some of you are learning to be teachers in the k-12 system i'll tell you right now and you will hopefully agree with me especially if you're a sophomore and if you're a senior you're probably in denial maybe not that you are not responsible teachers yet and you absolutely amen into that because i just did my clinicals and it was a disaster right i don't know now, there are areas in your life where you can be responsible and take responsibility, but there are other areas like, you know what? I'm not a responsible teacher. I'm not a responsible social worker. I'm not a responsible pastor. I'm not a responsible business person. But I'm studying so I can be a responsible fill-in-the-blank. And the reason you're studying is because you're gaining the ability to respond to the demands of your environment, right? Right? What if there are abilities sitting out at those tables that you need later down the line? What if in your role and leadership here at North Central next year and beyond that you would look back and say, I gained the ability to respond because of what I did in leadership. It's got nothing to do with what I'm doing now, but I can go back there and I can connect with it. My wife is a CPA. Uh, she, when she was in, uh, in college, she double majored in business and accounting. She, we didn't go to this school. Um, and one of the things that she did was she volunteered to be the treasurer for the spring break mission trips. And that sounded awful. I mean, the mistrip sound great. Doing the treasury for it was terrible. We had 180 people. It was 100% student-led. We never had wonderful people like Carrie and, you know, Nicole managing the books. It was just student-run. And my wife was the treasurer. And I said, why would you do a horrible thing like that, you know? And she said, because I'm studying this. And if I don't like this, I'm in big trouble, right? I don't want to figure out after I've graduated with this double major that I hate doing the books. I'm like good call, right? In the same way, you know, I talk about things where it's like I—I I mean, I'm a counselor, but you know, I was an RA when I was in college, and I did it because I wanted to see if I actually enjoyed this kind of work, right? Because you don't want to do all the counseling stuff. And say, you know, I love counseling if it wasn't for all the people with the problems. That's bad. Don't do it, right? Be an accountant, because um, that's what my wife would do, right? So, so this is this thing. So leadership becomes a place. Well, you can see if these are things that you want to acquire, if these are the abilities, that you have the ability, and that if you don't have the ability, you can learn about how to get the ability so that I can respond in an honorable way to the demands of my environment. I want to close with a reading um, from Luke. a Fairly common reading. I'm going to read it because this is We've got two things. We've got thanes, we've got shield maidens. We've got our giftings versus the calling. We've got our challenge of taking responsibility, but then there's a purpose. Why are we doing any of this? Luke 10 in 27, he answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Do this and you will live. Skipping down, it says a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him, beat him up, and they left him for dead. A priest happened to be going down that road when they saw him, but they passed by on the other side. In the same way, a Levite, when he arrived at the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan on his journey came up to him, and when he saw the man, he had compassion. He went over to him and banished his wounds, pouring on the olive oil and the wine, He put him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and he took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said, take care of him. When I come back, I will reimburse you for whatever extra you spend. Which of these three do you think proved to be the neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robber? The one who showed mercy to him, he said. And Jesus told him, go and do the same. A Levite and a priest, people who were in their calling in their giftings. Sometimes I feel like when I look at that, I, this is a challenge I have, that I'm actually not the Samaritan. We'd all like to think that we are the Samaritan, especially as a counselor. I always feel like I'm the Samaritan. As a social worker, I feel like I'm the Samaritan, and half the time I think, you know what? I'm actually a priest or a Levite because I'm so afraid of getting sued for crossing the road, right? Because my profession prevents me at times from doing things that I feel God's calling me to do. But I, and it's not because the priest and the Levite are bad guys. They're probably good guys. They got families. They got to provide. You know, they got to do things. It's not, it's not that I don't like you. It's just, ah, just kind of keep going. And the Samaritan comes by, and here's a guy who might say, I'm not gifted to work with Jews, <laughs> but I'm called right now and I'm gonna step outside of my giftings and I'm gonna do what I can to help, right? I will take responsibility. Do I have the ability to respond in an honorable way to the demands of this situation? Yes, I do. So I will take responsibility. The question is, did the Levite and the priest, could they take responsibility? Because maybe they just didn't have the ability to respond. Sometimes I think we can get lost in our journey to be a priest or to be a Levite and miss the opportunities on the side of the road that can make a huge difference going forward. So I want to leave you with those challenges, those purposes, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself as you become thanes, as you take up the shields of being shield maidens, and as you go outside those doors and you talk to people about what they're doing because they want to share their story, and sign up, get connected, get involved. We want you to be a part of this journey because it's a really exciting journey. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this day that you have blessed us with. I thank you for the incredible students that we get to share our lives with as staff and faculty. But God, you have such a greater purpose. You have such a greater plan that we can ever see and dream or imagine. And God, I just ask that that as these students think about what is shared today, as they meditate on these words, be it for leadership here at North Central or be it for leadership elsewhere, Lord, that you would challenge them with these words, that you have called each and every one of them to be mighty men and women to serve in your army for your purpose and for your kingdom's advancement. We give you thanks in Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day, guys.